Hello and welcome to the Nerd One Podcast. I'm your host, Vincent. In today's show, I want to do a character description on the Nazgul from Lord of the Rings. So sit down, buckle up, we're going to nerd out. Three rings for the Elven Kings under the sky. Seven for the Dwarf Lords in their halls of stone. Nine for the mortal men doomed to die. One for the Dark Lord on his dark throne. In the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie, one ring to rule them all. One ring to find them. One ring to bring them all and in the darkness bind them. In the land of Mordor, where the shadows lie. So I just kind of want to give like a little background to the Nazgul on this. So... As you just heard, uh, Sauron gave nine rings of power to powerful mortal men, including three lords of the once powerful realm of Numenor and kings of other countries. The rings of power were meant to enslave those who wore them, but you know, as you heard before, uh, some were given to dwarves, some were given to elves. The dwarves did not fall you know, victim to the enslavement of the rings of power because all they really cared about was riches. And the elves were too pure. But it was only men who really craved power and therefore became enslaved to Sauron's power as a result of it. The Nazgul are introduced um, as black riders in the Fellowship of the Ring, but they're also known by a few other names. Uh, they're also known as Ring Race, Dark Riders, the Nine Riders, or simply the Nine. They were nine men who had succumbed to Sauron's power through wearing the rings and but they get it gave more immortality and but it reduced reduce them to invisible ring race but as we saw in the movies and we read in the books uh they wear you know black robes uh they wear pieces of armor and so, so they become it became they became visible to you know moral people but they were forever controlled by sauron's will Few of the Nazgul are actually even really named uh, in the movies. Actually, I believe only one is named in the movies, and he and basically that's the Witch King. And he doesn't really get a name until the third movie. But in uh, Tolkien's book, The Unfinished Tales, there are others who get names. Uh, you know, prom- predominantly uh, his second command, known as Kamul. He's also, you know, known as the Black Easterling, or the Shadow of the East. Now, from what we know, uh, three of the Nazgul were of Numenorean lords, and it's also speculated that the Witch King was also from Numenor. So it's kind of cool. Uh, they were basically the inst- they're basically the reason, and they're the main tool instrumental to Sauron's return in the Third Age. Because one thing that, that the Nazgul did do was they brought down the kingdom of Arnor. And after Arnor was destroyed, uh, three kingdoms came out of the ashes of 
Radur, Calderon, and Arthedian. And I'm pretty sure I butchered those names. So I apologize. But, you know, the Witch King effectively destroyed all of these. But, um, I mean, he was eventually defeated by the Elf Lord Glorfindel, who basically put him to flight. He, you know, basically banished him from those lands. But the prophecy was made, you know, about the Witch King that not by the hand of man will he fall. Now, like I said, they were they were basically driven out and they fled back to Mordor. Now the Nazgul also besieged Minas Ithil and after two years of war captured it and took the planteer from for Sauron, which he used to communicate with Saruman in Fellowship of the Ring. So if you're watching the movies and you see Saruman talking, you know, through the planteer to uh, Sauron. That's what happened. The Nazgul acquired one for uh, Sauron, and Saruman already had his, you know, being basically the chief white wizard. Um, let's see, they also um, besieged Minas Ithil, which later became Minas Morgul, as we saw in Return of the King. And this was basically the stronghold, the, the home of the Nazgul, you know, which is, you know, good and bad. Because it was a good city, but it's also on, it's based on the doorstep of, of Mordor. So, I mean, the Nazgul taking it was not a very hard thing to do. Um, now, Sauron did take um, residence in, I'm going to say this probably wrong, Dol Godor in Murkward in the late third you know, age. And that is where he lured in Gandalf. Um... Where and Gandalf eventually found, I forget the name of the dwarf, but he found a dwarf there who uh, possessed one of the rings that were given to them, but had emotionally and physically tortured this. You know, Sauron had physically and emotionally tortured this dwarf to where he was able to use the ring of power through the dwarf. Um, like I said, Gandalf was you know drawn in there. After being defeated, was rescued by uh, Elrond, Lady Gradrell. And Saruman, and I, I gotta say, it was probably one of the best parts of the third Hobbit movie was that battle. Now, like I said, the the stronghold was, you know, the, the, basically the stronghold uh, Minas Morgul was the home of the Nazgul because it was, you know, on, you know, the, on, on the doorstep of Mordor. Now, it's with these um, is where, you know, as we see in the Fellowship Ring, the ring, the Nazgul are, you know, riding their horses. That's where they're bred, is in Minas Morgul. And now it's only in the Fellowship of the Ring, you know, that they have these because, as we saw, they were washed away by the river, you know, as, you know, Frodo was being taken to Rivendell for, you know, to have his life saved. Um, now... One of, the, one of the main weapons, I would say, that the Nazgul have is that they project fear. Now, being, you know, what they are, they're basically immoral beings slaved to Sauron's power. You know, Sauron is basically the ultimate evil in Middle-earth. So, they're basically a conduit of that. So, they kind of push out that fear around them, you know, where, as we saw in the movies... You know, 
the insects of the earth would come out of fear of them and try to run away. Um, but they were always, you know, at, to you know, moral people, they're clothed in those black robes. They carry, uh, you know, of course, large swords with them. The Witch King carries that Morgul blade, as we saw. Uh, Hades sap Frodo on the top. Left a piece of the blade in him, because you know in the movie where he stabs Frodo, he twists the blade a little bit to break off a piece of it. Because with that, if Frodo were to die with that piece in his shoulder, he too will become a ring wraith. And if he were still in possession of the one ring, you know, the, the job would have been done. He would have become the ring wraith, you know, immediately taking the ring back to Sauron because that's he'd become enslaved to it to him. But as we saw, it didn't happen. He gets Rivendell. He got mostly fixed up. He's you know, got that, you know, wound in his shoulder for rest of his life, but hey, it's a you know, conversa conversation started, right? Besides missing finger. Um, now, kind of jumping forward, in the movies, uh, we, really only, we only really see the ring race um, in, you know, Fellowship of the Ring and Return of the King. Not a whole, whole lot, I think, or even at all in the Two Towers. Because in the Fellowship of the Ring, they're in pursuit of the Hobbits. They know that Frodo has the ring because Gollum told him that you know a Baggins, you know, has it from the Shire. And it's not until they get to um, Rivendell when the pursuit's pursuit's kind of broken off a little bit, because that's cool. Basically, lose the robes, they lose everything. They become you know unclad. Because there, it was everything was washed away in the river. But then in Return of the King, you know Sauron wants Gondor destroyed, so he gives a full assault on it. So not only does he send in the orcs, you know his, I think it was his almost entire battalion, well half, was sent in to destroy Gondor. But he sends in the Nazgul as well. So it's here, you know, on you know the fields of Gondor. It's actually where um, the Witch King is defeated. Because in the movies, um, the Witch King is actually brought down by Eowyn when she basically just stabs him in the face after um, Mary stabs him in the back. But the books give a little more detail on this, though, saying that Mary possessed an enchanted blade of Numenor, you know, which, which broke the Witch King's curse of immortality, and then Eowyn, you know, jammed her sword. Not in his face. It says she actually, you know, broke his crown with her sword, which effectively dispersed his spirit, you know, killing him in a sense. Now, the rest of the Nazgul were still in battle um, in Mordor. And after, you know, the day was lost, you know, for Sauron, they retreated, retreated in Mordor, where, you know, they were you know, on the battlefield for the final assault from the men of the West against the gates of Mordor. Now, once Frodo and Sam entered the mountain to destroy the ring, uh, their plan was revealed to Sauron because he, you know, knew what was going on at that point. So he recalled all the Nazgul, the men he ate, back to, you know, Mount Doom to intercept Frodo and Sam and to basically take the ring. But as we know from both books and movie, uh, this did not happen. They were far too late because the 
creature Gollum uh, took the ring from Frodo and fell into the fires of Mount Doom, effectively killing him and the ring itself. So from this point, Sauron is defeated. Uh, his spirit is no more. In the movies, it shows the Nazgul being picked off by like the comets, the the shards of Mount Doom. You know, as they're trying to fly away from it. But in the books, it kind of gives a. It doesn't really give a definite answer what happens to them. Because in the books, it really just kind of doesn't really say what happened to them. So it's really open for interpretation. Because, I mean, the one main purpose for the Nazgul living was to serve Sauron. By this point, Sauron's gone. So do they just dissipate? Because their will to live is no longer there? Or are they now kind of free to do their own thing? Personally, I think that they dissipated. I think once Sauron, you know, was destroyed, um, they basically became, you know, nothing. Their spirits were broken. They dissipated into, you know, whatever happens. And that was it. But who knows? I mean, everyone has... Everyone can have their own interpretation of this. Maybe they're still out there somewhere in Middle-earth. Just walking around. But guys, that's all I have for you in this one. I just wanted to give you kind of, like I said, a brief history of the Nazgul. They're always a fascinating character to me because they're just like this unstoppable force in, you know, the books and the movies. But if you like this episode, if you also, if you have Tolkien or Lord of the Rings fans, please do share this episode with them. I hope they enjoy it. Uh, I also hope you enjoy it too. But once again... This is the Nerd, the Nerd One Podcast, and I am Vincent. Um, like I said, please do share, like, subscribe. Uh, hit, us up, hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Please give us a five-star review. Um, you know, write us a comment or so. Um, also, email us for you know some feedback at nerdonepodcast at gmail.com. Also, find us on social media. But until next time, folks, have a great day. Stay safe. Stay clean. We'll talk to you soon. Bye now.